Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice, and this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I want to give you some tips for improving your communication during video conferencing. So whether you are using video conferencing for your mediations, for your arbitrations, or just because you're having meeting after meeting every day via video conferencing, these tips are intended to help you just communicate better. Um, I think that there is a perception that communication is impaired somewhat when we are online, when we are uh, doing our communications through video conferencing. And there are several things that you can do to enhance your communication. So I'm going to go over those, but I do want to just say right from the very beginning that it is is not my experience. In fact, if you take proper you know, measures to set yourself up and follow these tips, I actually think in many ways communication can be enhanced online um, through video conferencing. So the first thing to do, and I've already talked about this in a prior um, podcast episode about how to set up your equipment, but setting the stage for your video conferencing is truly vitally important. So I want to at least highlight the main things that you should be doing to get set up. I do encourage you to go listen to the episode that's entirely on this topic. It's going to be a deeper dive. But at the top, you want to, one, orient your device, be it your computer, your tablet, a camera, your phone, whatever you are communicating on, in a position where it is in front of you, and about equal with your face. Um, you don't want it too far below. Everyone's heard me talk about the fact that if you orient it with the camera facing up at you from below, everyone's going to spend the video conference looking up your nose. Not your best feature, not, not anyone's best feature. So I highly recommend you get your camera up higher. So you want to make sure that it's oriented properly and that you have good lighting. You want there to be lighting on your face, not directly into your eyes because that makes you squint. If you can see me um, on there, if I turn my light right now, see it's a little bright and it makes you blink and look like it's too bright. So you do want that lighting to be shining on your face, but not in your eyes. And you do want your face to be 
easily viewable because so much of our communication is our facial expressions. Um, you also want to make sure that your workspace is decluttered. Uh, I have, you know, talked again, you've heard this before from me, but I've seen more dirty laundry and unmade beds and piles of work. You know, there's a very limited range that your camera is going to catch when you are video conferencing. So do try to make sure that that area is clear. And it's not just from a perspective of looking more professional. It's actually very distracting to have a lot of clutter or a lot going on in, in the background or around you. And in fact, that leads to the next one, which is the suggestion of using a virtual background. Um, if you are going to be doing a lot of conferences, a minimalist, very clean virtual background or a blank wall can be very helpful. And I talk about that in the Zoom fatigue episode because visually and for our brains to process, you know, shelves and books and, you know, pictures and all kinds of information back there. And if ever, you know, you're on a video conference with eight people, everyone having a busy background can be actually very taxing on people as they're trying to process information. It's distracting. So I do highly recommend using a virtual background. I will tell you blue is one of the preferred colors and suggested colors. It's calming. Um, you can see I'm using that. It goes with my logos um, on the video if you're watching this in the video version. But really you want a clean enough background that highlights to you, but minimizes your distractions. You also obviously need to have a good microphone and a good speaker so that you can both hear people clearly and that they can hear you clearly. Um, and then make sure that your head is taking up an appropriate amount of space. You don't want to move here. I'm going to move further away from here. So the further away from your camera you move, the harder it is to see your face the more minimal you are. Yes, you can see more of someone's body language, but in fact, 55% or more of our communication is through our facial expressions. So someone told me once, you know, do this as say a TV newscaster would, does their camera work, right? You want to make sure you take up no more, about two thirds of the screen and you want your face to be in the upper portion of the screen. So for the, again, for those of you who are watching this on video, you can see that the, my placement is I'm taking up about a third to a half of the screen and my face is in the upper half of the screen. Uh, so all of those things seem simple. I know they do, but they are actually very important and something to keep in mind each time so that you can make a good first impression. Um, we only get that one chance to make a first impression and having your setup ready to go at all times and paying attention to that is important. Now, next is harnessing your posture or, or keeping and maintaining a good posture. One thing that I have noticed in a lot of online uh, video conferencing is that people tend to slouch or be hunched over, or you see me on the screen now, you know, resting their head on their hand when they're listening. And 
honestly, that comes through. The one thing you have to remember with video conferencing that can be very different than an in-person meeting is you are always on that screen. So even if you are not actively participating, you're, you know, you're putting your face or, or you know, not controlling your posture, slouching in your seat, um, conveys a lack of interest. It conveys that you aren't, that you're bored um, or giving the person the impression that what they are saying is not um, of the most Im utmost importance to them. And that goes to the body language. People are constantly saying to me, oh, on video conferencing, you miss out on body language. Trust me, the next time you're doing a conference and someone's leaning on their arm looking at you, you know, like that, like that, or, you know, slouched down in their seat, you're going to get the feeling that what you're saying is not of particular interest to them. So be sure to maintain your posture, be sure to maintain your positioning in the upper half of your screen. And that's another thing that I talk about where people are not looking like they are interested. Um, you do want to, as my third tip, watch your facial expressions. You have a benefit here in that you can constantly see your own face. Um, now, you may not be looking at yourself all the time, but some people might be, your participant might be if you're in a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And so another thing to be aware of is just letting your face go slack because many of us don't maintain an interested expression because we're in a virtual setting. And it's just as important as if you are sitting across a table from person from a person to maintain that semblance of interest in what they're saying. So when you let your face just sort of go, you know, you're not conveying, I'm sorry, for those of you who are not watching the video, uh, when you let your face just go slack, then they may get the impression that you, again, are not that interested in what they are saying. So I always tell people, you know, may, do what you would do in, in a meeting where you are talking to someone. Feel free to nod. If you would nod in person, do those things that, yes, Yes, I understand what you're saying and nodding your head. Um, those are things that or leaning in a little bit when something's of a special interest. You know, oh, that's very interesting. We would do that in person. Just understand that it is effective, perhaps even more so online. Um, and one of the things that I didn't even know I did this, but anyone who's had a conference with me will tell you I'm the queen of the head tilt. I am a head tilter and I listen like this. I tilt my head constantly. And when you actually look to interpreting body language, head tilts show interest. Um, it shows that you are actively listening and here, you know, are interested in what the person is saying. So continuing, uh, con consider a little head tilt in your life. Um, now your open body posture is also something to remember just on top of just your overall not slouching and all. So people do have a tendency to lean back and cross their arms. And even if you're nodding, again, it can really give people the impression that you're less than interested or even have just that closed off. Um, so those who are watching the video, you can see I have my arms crossed right now and perhaps you can't see the crossed arms but you can sort of get the feeling um, it comes through and so I really ex 
uh, always try to make sure that I am keeping my hands either on my desktop or in my lap, or again, we've talked about this as a hand talker, I am using my hands. Um, and let's talk about using your hands because for those of us who are hand talkers, those of us who emphasize, punctuate what we are saying with hand gestures, that is a fantastic way to communicate online. It's very visual, but it's only visual if you make sure that your hands are up above your or around the area of your shoulders. The other thing to keep in mind so is that if you are moving your hands around too much, it can be quite distracting because it's amplified in the virtual setting. So for those of us who are hand talkers, you may have to dial it down a bit, even if you are doing uh, and keeping your hands up close to your face or closer to your shoulders so that they can be seen. Too much waving around can be distracting. Also, for those who are using virtual backgrounds, like we just talked about, that causes that halo effect, as you can see in the video. So if you're talking... One with your hands or using your hands to emphasize one thing I always suggest is do that in front of your torso if you're using a virtual background because if you're here, they, it, your, your body blocks that haloing effect. But if you're here, the haloing effect happens where it's up by your head or up near your virtual background, as you can see in the video. Um, now, there's also the body gestures and proxemics, right? So proxemics is paying attention to the space between you and your audience. And that's actually um, a very important thing to keep in mind when you are um, communicating with your audience. So one of the things I always say is what is, you know, know what your audience is and, and think about your relation to the camera and to the screen in reference to your audience. So if you are in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, then being closer, just like you might be in an actual meeting and understanding that everything's a little amplified now, right? Because it's just your big head on the screen or both, both of your big heads on the screen. Um, so be aware that things are amplified. If you are speaking to a larger group or in a large group meeting, now you, your thumbnail is greatly reduced and it may take larger gestures to get attention or a bigger lean in to n denote your interest in what's being said. So also just the size of the screen will have something to do with how close and how large your to the screen you get and how uh, large your gestures might be. Um, Another point, and I just raised this one because it's very effective. If you are speaking with a large group of people, sometimes I do a lot of committee meetings. And one of the things that if I'm running the meeting, I will often say is, you know, because we are a large group, if anyone has something to say, rather than us all trying to, to speak and speak over each other, just raise your hand, literally raise your hand. I know it's an option on Zoom to raise your hand, but you know what? Because we're so visual, just raising that hand and can actually be a very effective way to communicate just like you're in a classroom or a meeting in person. Um, so I always recommend that you think about the actual setting and size of the meeting that you are video conferencing in. Now, a few other key tips, and some of these are essential. One is eye contact. 
So this one I talk about in my trainings and, and you know, it's, it's of such importance that I'd really like to make sure that if you got nothing else out of this particular episode, you get this aspect. You need to place your camera where you are able to be looking at it so it looks like you are looking at the people who you are talking to. Because if you have the camera, I'm just going to move my camera for those watching the video. So if you have the camera over here and you're looking at the camera, it looks like you're looking off to the, oops, it's hard to see from there. So let me do it this way. Um, so if you're doing it from here and it looks like you're looking off to the corner, it does not look like you are engaging with your um, listeners or your viewers, the people who are in your video conference. Sorry, I'm moving the camera around for those who are on video, but I really want to get this point across. It is important because you are likely going to be looking at your screen, not actually the camera. So you want the camera placed directly in front of you at about eye level close to where your screen is, because if you're looking at the screen, you want it to appear that you're looking into the camera. And another quick note is when you are sharing your screen on Zoom, often the thumbnails of the videos will move over to the right hand side of the screen. And what you're going to want to do is hold your mouse down on those and drag the line of thumbnails over to the center of your screen. Again, because you're looking at the thumbnails and you want it to appear that you're making eye contact. That is so important. Imagine if you were talking to someone in a room and they were looking over over to the left of you or to the right of you. And it, it shows disinterest. It shows that you're not paying attention. Whether you are or you are not, the visual of that is, is very harmful to creating that online communication stream. The other thing is that active listening goes a long way. And I talked about the head tilt and those head, the head nods, you know, being actively engaged in the conversation with the people that you are um, speaking to. That is truly important. So many times when we get into our video conferences, we will be distracted and you can see people who are looking down and you guess that they're doing something on their phone or you can hear hear the keys clicking and clacking away, um, or you just see them looking down. I've got a piece of paper here that I'm looking at, and you can see that happening. It's one thing to use some, something as a reference, but if you are in a meeting, be actively engaged. Um, it is not uh, helpful for you to be distracted by other things, even if they are going on on the computer. Um, and that is maybe my next tip. Close down all those other distractions. Put your phone away unless it's something that you absolutely need to have. Do not have the notifications coming in um, that you just got another email or a text. Um, that is disrespectful to the people that you are engaged in your meeting with, and it shows a lack of interest. Um, and then finally, muting. So somebody told me, you know, the whole etiquette or netiquette around muting is, you know, becoming the big um, uh, faux pas of virtual meetings. So as I was on a meeting yesterday and somebody started talking to someone else in their, their office in the middle of a large board meeting. And because they had not muted their mic, we all got to hear them ordering lunch from their assistant. Um, and it's very disruptive of the meeting, it kind of makes you look like 
you're not paying attention. So muting is the new netiquette rule. If you are not speaking, especially if you are in a large meeting, and this includes a large mediation, mute your mic. It's easy, you know, you click on that little mute um, icon in the lower left-hand corner if you're on Zoom and the toolbar, and then just remember to unmute yourself when it's time to talk. There are other ways to do it where you can set the settings, where you can click the space bar, just set it up because not muting is a big netiquette faux pas these days. Um, so I hope that these tips are going to help you to be a great online communicator when you are doing video conferencing in any format. These days, our lives are on online and I spend mine sitting here in front of the screen 24-7. All of these tips have helped me try to make myself a better communicator, and I hope they help you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it helps you. If you would like to listen to any of the other episodes, you can head over to learntomediateonline.com or find the podcast on all um, all major podcast outlets. And if you'd like the podcast or there's a topic you'd like me to cover, please just let me know. You can send me an email at susan at learntomediateonline.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com. And you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.